You're listening to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast, the podcast for quick, actionable ideas and tips to help you up your confidence and joy in educating little learners. I'm your host, Ashley Rives. Let's get to the show. Welcome to the very first episode of the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast. I'm Ashley, I'm your host, and I'm so excited you are here with me today. We're going to kick off this podcast and this first episode asking the question, what exactly is play-based learning? Most people would say that play-based learning is children learning through play. But when you really stop and think about it and dig a little deeper, we start to question, right? Well, which activities are actually considered play-based learning And how does play-based learning relate to the broader concept of play? For example, if you have a classroom full of toys and children are playing with the toys all day without any other types of involvement, is that play-based learning? Kind of a tricky question, right? I think this differentiation between play and play-based learning is hard because playing still has a stigma around it as being a relief from work or learning and not the vehicle for our children to work or learn. So, you know, where does that leave us? Early educators are wanting to ensure that our children are learning in the best way, the way that they were intended to learn, right? But it leaves us wondering what should we be providing for play to really, really help children grow and learn through play? So today we're going to talk about the play continuum. I'm hoping this will give you a clearer picture of the different types of play and how we can incorporate many types to ensure we're providing our littles exactly what they need. So I want you to visualize five columns for this continuum of play. And each column is a different type of play. And as we move on the continuum from left to right, we go from child-directed play to educator-guided play. And finally, on the far right, we go to educator-directed play. So I'll say that again. On the very left side of our continuum, we start with child-directed play. So all child-driven, right? And then in the middle, we move to educated, educator-guided play. And then finally, at the very far right side of our continuum, we reach educator-directed play. So we are directing more of their play. But let's start at the very far left, and that's where we find free play. Free play is the very first column on the continuum, and it is the most child-directed. So children start their own play, and they direct their own play. Educators really here, we're just observing. We're just watching. Now, we provide the materials, the toys, and all the things that are of interest to children and that are actually in the centers, but children choose how they're going to use them, where they're going to go, and maybe even who they play with, right? So this is very open-ended. We see a lot of this free play happening in our block center, outdoor play, and the sensory center art, all very open-ended. We provide the materials and they decide where to take it. So that is the very first column of our five free play. 
after free play, we move to inquiry play. And this is where children are getting to ask some questions and explore some ideas. And so we educators, we are able to give more resources. We're able to encourage discovery. But it's important to remember that this is still very child-driven. They're the ones asking the questions. They're the ones seeking more information and wanting to discover. So this might look like when a child asks about a topic of interest, something that they love, right? Um, Maybe it's talking about dinosaurs and they ask you a question about dinosaurs. And then this is where you can provide books and manipulatives to help them encourage that discovery, right? What if it's leaves? Maybe maybe one child has said, I noticed all the leaves are falling off of the trees. And so we can take that and we can go outside and pick the leaves, observe them, break them apart, read books about leaves. So this is very in the moment kind of play that is very child driven. And we are there as a support to guide and help. All right, we are smack dab in the middle of the continuum play. And right here in the middle column is collaborative play. So children co-design play with us. Okay, so this is educator guided, but not educator directed because children and the educator are working together. So this might look like children picking a theme for the dramatic play center based on what they're into, their interests, what sounds exciting to them, and then involving them in the process of, okay, what do we need for this dramatic play? What tools might we need? What, you know, things might we need um, to write on? Do we need paper? Do we need things on the wall. What do we need? And then helping guide them to help find those things. So you might have a bucket of toys that they go through that they think, oh, we could use this for our play, or we could use this as this item for our play. And then maybe you can even involve them with, hey, let's make a sign so everybody knows what this place is in our dramatic play. Can you help me with that? And so then you can bring in some some writing. Um, So amazing ideas here to bring children and educators together where we are guiding their idea, but it's purely their idea and purely their decision making along the way. Okay, we have two columns left on our continuum place. We are going to move to the right a little bit more and move to playful learning. So this is where children explore activities that were created by us. So we set up the activities, we explain the activities, but we aren't necessarily right there when children are interacting with the activities. So you can look at this as small group time, absolutely, but you can also look at this as centers, right? So there are skills that we need to teach in preschool. That is just part of our job, right? Some things we want to make sure our children have learned before they leave us. And so playful learning is a great way to make this happen because, you know, there are just some skills that don't always make their way into other types of play. And so this is where we can be more intentional, but yet still playful. So some ideas for this are tray tasking, using trays. We love tray tasking. And These are great, great for introducing and using in small group and then moving to a center to become more independent. 
We also use writing invitations, just really inviting them and getting them excited over to the writing center for something new. And then also we might use some intended things like, okay, we want to put an order form in the play cafe in the dramatic play center because we really want to push some of that emergent writing. Or maybe we're saying, okay, we've seen that sorting is really something we need to work on. So I'm going to be more intentional about making that a tray that we have in the math center that has an activity of sorting on it. So I'm hoping you can see that this is definitely where um, the magic happens in my eyes, because while we need all the types of play, this one really is able to be the part that is missing when people say just playing, right? Because sometimes it is, you know, we ask ourselves, how, how are we going to fit all this in? They're not going to learn everything we need necessarily through all the different other types of play. And so this is kind of bridging that gap. Okay, we have made it to the very far right side of our continuum of play, and we are looking at learning games. So this is the last and most educator-directed activity because we are coming up with the games, we are creating the rules or instructions, and children are following the rules and instructions, and we are directing the activity. So basically, without us right there, this type of thing would not work. So this might look like playing games in small group. It may be simple matching games. It might be some cooperative games. It could be board games. So many different things, but they need you right there as their guide. Also, movement games. These are, you know, any whole group game All these are included under the learning games, any circle time games that you might do. Just think if I am the one completely directing it and they're following the rules of my game, then this is definitely on the very far right of learning games. Now, do children still find them incredibly engaging? Absolutely. But there is a difference between those learning games and the playful learning. Because with playful learning, children are still having some choice in how they play or interact with what you've provided them. So that is definitely the difference that I want you to see, that children have a little bit more choice with playful learning, even though you're still guiding it, than they do with learning games. Okay, we made it to the end of our continuum of play. We have seen all five types of play. So I will quickly give you a recap of each one just so you can get that overview real quickly. So on the very far left, we have free play. It is the most child directed and we as educators are just observing. Uh, Second to the left, inquiry play. This is where it's very in the moment. Children are wanting to discover more, asking questions, and we are there to help support them. In the middle, collaborative play. So this is more of a co-designed play with the educator. And then fourth to the right, playful learning. Children are exploring activities that were created by us with a goal in mind. And the very last column on our continuum play is the most teacher-directed. And this is learning games. And it may look like small group games, whole group games, circle time games, many different types of games. So when we see the types of play 
hang in the continuum of which they create, it's a lot easier to see that, yeah, we can incorporate different types of play to ensure that our children are learning what we need them to. The thing about play-based learning is that it gets a bad rap. Um, Many think that children are just playing all day with no thought or regard to materials, the environment, and not to even mention the social interactions. But when we look at the continuum, we see we need to be providing many different types of play into our classroom to support learning in a way that honors play-based learning. So I'm going to go ahead and challenge you to see what types of play do you have in your classroom currently? Is there some that you could add? Could you maybe be more intentional about bringing in different types of play in your classroom? I know for me myself, I am looking to put more collaborative play into my classroom. And so this is definitely a goal of mine, collaborative and definitely inquiry as well. Because sometimes when we look at it as a whole, we can see where the gaps are in our classroom. And then now that we have that knowledge, we can go back and try to fill those gaps with some other experiences. I'm going to go ahead and drop a graphic of this continuum, which was adapted by Pyle and Daniels in the show notes at lovelycommotion.com slash episode one. So if you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation around the types of play, I invite you to head on over to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Facebook group and request to join if you haven't already. We have some amazing, supportive, lovely teachers inside the group. Just make sure you fill out all the entry questions in order to get in. Okay, I'll see you over there. And thanks again for joining me for this very first episode. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. This helps me spread the word and help more preschool teachers just like you. Keep being lovely. Lovely.